Hello, my name is Aubrey DeMaster. Today's scripture reading comes from 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 11. So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. This is the word of the Lord. Hey Grace242, two Christmases ago I received a really unique gift from my sister and brother-in-law. They gave me this handcrafted mug with a goat on it. And when I opened the gift, I asked my sister-in-law why she had selected this goat mug for me. To which she said, I know you love goats. Well, this is true. My favorite animals to see at the fair are the goats. And I like to visit the goats when they either have them out at the zoo or they're at the pumpkin farm. They're just hilarious animals. I like how they butt one another out of the way to eat the food out of your hand. I like how they climb the pen fence to try to get to your hand. And I like how Taylor Swift uses them in her music. It's true that I like goats, and the gift of the mug shows me that my sister-in-law knew something about me. Because you would have to know me pretty well to know that I like goats. This is not a very common fact that people know about me. And so my sister-in-law really blessed me when she got me this gift because it said, Bill, I care about you, and Bill, I know you. Last week, we started a new series called Habits of a Disciple where we are surveying five habits of someone who follows Jesus. Someone who wants to be a disciple of Jesus will live out these five habits in their life. The five habits form the acronym BELLS. And today, we're looking at the first habit. The first habit is the B in BELLS, which is BLESS. Disciples of Jesus bless others. Let's look at what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. In chapters 4 and 5, Paul has been answering the Thessalonians' questions about the afterlife. He's been answering the question, what happens when we die? What happens at the end of time? And in verse 10 of chapter 5, Paul gives a summary answer all in one verse. Here's what he says in 5.10. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. This is an answer bursting with hope that those who believe in Jesus will be saved to live with him forever. This is the hope of eternal life for those who believe in Jesus. That death is not the end. Death is not the final word. That Jesus saves those who believe in him from death to eternal life. Verse 11 begins with the word so, which some translations render therefore. So Paul is transitioning us from verse 10 to 11. He says in 10, you've been saved to eternal life. So in the meantime, you can do verse 11, which is to encourage each other and build each other up. Paul is highlighting one of the flagship markers that makes Christianity unique, namely that we believe in life after death. We believe that those who believe in Jesus are saved from death into eternal life. This is our hope, that there is life after death in Jesus. This message of eternal life stands in contrast to much of what the world believes. A while back, Lori Turner and I were talking about fiction books and fiction authors that we enjoy reading. And I told Lori that I enjoy reading the Prey series by John Sanford. And I want to read a quote from the book Night Prey, where we get into the mind of the antagonist whose name is Coop. Here is the criminal Coop's worldview in a nutshell in the book Night Prey. He'd, meaning Coop, picked up his philosophy at Stillwater. 
Power comes out of the barrel of a gun, or from a club, or a fist. Take care of number one. The tough live, the weak die. When you die, you go into a hole, end of story. No harps, no heavenly choir, no hellfire. Coop resonated with this line of thought. It fits so well with everything he'd experienced in life. Now, I read this book probably six years ago already. But for some reason, this line, this way of thinking, really stuck with me because I think it's how so much of the world views life. That at the end of life, you go into a hole, end of story. And if that's the case, if this life is all you have, then this life is all about taking care of yourself, looking out for number one. But Paul is casting a new vision to the Thessalonians, a vision focused on Jesus, a vision full of hope, a vision full of meaning and purpose, that death is not the end, that Jesus has opened the way to eternal life with him after death. Therefore, since we have this vision to look forward to, we are to spend this life encouraging one another and building others up. In other words, we are to spend this life blessing others. Said another way, we telegraph our hope in Jesus to a broken and dying world when we bless others, encouraging them and building them up. Last week we said that every disciple of Jesus is called to be evangelistic. And one of the ways we live evangelistic lives is by blessing others, encouraging them, and building them up. So let's just jump straight to the practical here with this habit. Here are three simple ways that disciples of Jesus can bless others. The first way is to bless someone by getting them a gift. Years ago, a friend of mine blessed me tremendously with an unexpected gift. I was in seminary and I was taking an Old Testament theology course and I had a lot of theological disagreements with my professor because I felt my professor had taken up a position that's outside the boundaries of orthodoxy. I thought he had taken a heretical position. And so I wrote my paper for the class against his theological position and obviously in favor of the position I've long held. And the paper became more than just a paper for an assignment. It became this task to prove to myself why I believed what I believed because the paper was only supposed to be, let's say, 12 to 14 pages long. And it ended up being over 30 pages long because it wasn't about the assignment anymore. It was about me proving to myself what I believed and why. And my friend of mine who knew I was writing this paper asked me if he could read the paper when I was all done with it. So I sent it off to him. Well, not long after I sent him my paper, he invited me over to his house and he gave me this wrapped gift and I unwrapped the gift to find that he had gotten my paper published online through a self-publishing agency. And so now here was my paper in hardcover book form and the front cover even uses an image from the movie Interstellar because I referenced the movie Interstellar in my paper. So he had gone out of his way to get my book published, to get it in book form, and he had even chosen the picture for the cover, and he even wrote a foreword to my paper in the book. This was a very special gift. This was very meaningful to me because it communicated, Bill, I know you, and Bill, I care about you. My friend tremendously blessed me by getting me this gift. Now this gift that my friend had got me was pretty unique and very special. But you shouldn't even feel pressure to get something as extravagant or as unique as that. Even simple gifts have a way of communicating to somebody, I care about you and I know you. In fact, getting gift cards 
for some places never been easier. I mean, many places you can order gift cards online and just have it sent straight to the individual. I remember one time receiving a gift card in my email from my brother-in-law for my birthday. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I just got a gift in my email inbox. So it's easier than ever to get gifts for somebody as a way of showing I appreciate you. It's easier than ever before to bless somebody through even small gifts. Another way to bless someone is through words of affirmation. Words of affirmation uses spoken or written words to affirm or compliment someone. Dr. Gary Chapman says, words of affirmation is the language that uses words to communicate a positive message to another person. When you speak this language, you are verbally affirming a positive characteristic about a person. And words of affirmation can be spoken or they can be written. I usually like to combine both gift giving and words of affirmation by writing a card to someone and including a gift card in the card. And this way you hit two ways of blessing in one. But you don't even have to write a card. You can send a text, comment on a social media post, or send an email. Now the thing you have to understand about words of affirmation is they have to mean something in order for the recipient to really feel it. If it's just nice pleasantries, it's not gonna mean anything. Words of affirmation see something positive in someone else and they put words to that positive characteristic or that positive trait. There has to be meaning behind these words. For instance, some words of affirmation might be, hey, I really appreciate how you make it a point to include everybody in a conversation. Like before, Dave was telling his story and then his story kind of got cut off. And then after that little sidetrack, you went to Dave and said, hey Dave, you were telling us about your time at the lake. Can you pick up that story again? I really appreciate how you intentionally include everybody. Or something else you might say is, I've noticed that you have raised such polite and courteous children. Could you share whatever secret you have with me? Or another example is, it's clear that you esteem your wife so highly. I mean, I've noticed that when your wife is speaking, she has your undivided attention, and I admire that. Words of affirmation, see a positive characteristic in somebody and put words to that positive characteristic. The third way to bless someone is through acts of kindness. We have neighbors across the street from us who have a daughter who, in age, is right between Bryn and Colin. And over the course of the past year especially, the friendship between Bryn and their daughter has really blossomed. And there have been times, periodically, where both of their parents are working and so they'll call Morgan and say, hey, we have this transition period where neither of us are gonna be home. It's gonna be like a half hour to an hour. Would you just mind watching our daughter for a little bit while we make that transition? And then we'll pick her up when one of us gets home from work. And Morgan, I'm glad about this, graciously says, yes, of course we'll take your daughter for that little transition period. And so it's really a win-win because we get a playmate for our kids and they get childcare while they're making that transition. On top of this, I'm pretty sure that that family doesn't know Christ. And so it's a wonderful way for us to be able to form a simple act of service for an unbelieving family. And I'm thrilled that this family entrusts the care of their daughter to Morgan and I and sees us as a trustworthy family. And I've even had conversations with Bryn about how their daughter looks up to Bryn, almost like an older sister. And I've said, Bryn, this is a ministry opportunity for you because you have a girl who looks up to you that you can befriend. And so our simple act of kindness is providing childcare for their daughter during these little transition periods when both of them are working. Now that's our act of kindness, but the list of acts of kindness is literally endless. 
Just to name a few obvious ones, you can mow somebody's lawn, you can purchase groceries for someone who's less than mobile, you can make a meal for somebody. I guess that's kind of like a gift and an act of service in one. You can blow somebody's snow. Even lending a tool or a few eggs out of your refrigerator can be an act of kindness. Now we've just covered three ways of blessing someone, three ways to encourage someone and build them up. Number one, get them a gift. Number two, speak or write words of affirmation. And number three, perform an act of kindness. Now, as a response, I want you to begin to think about who the Holy Spirit might be placing on your heart or bringing to your mind that you would have an opportunity to bless, that you would have an opportunity to encourage and build up. Who is someone the Holy Spirit might be leading you to to bless this with. Now, as you think about those things, here are two things I'd like you to keep in mind. The first is to learn the recipient. The goal is to bless someone in such a way that they'll appreciate the blessing. For instance, my love language, the way I like to be blessed, is through words of affirmation. That means the most to me. And so, because that's my love language, it's very easy for me to be able to give words of affirmation for others because that's what I like receiving. But sometimes someone needs something different than words of affirmation. Sometimes someone just needs an act of kindness rather than words of affirmation. And so the important thing is to learn how the recipient likes to be blessed. Learn their love language. The goat mug that my sister-in-law gave me meant so much to me. Not because a mug was just what I needed. We have plenty of mugs. But it meant a lot because they knew that I liked goats. And in order to know I like goats, you have to know me well. You have to learn me to know that I like goats. And this gift showed me that they care about me and they know me. When it comes to blessing others, we need to learn the recipient. The second thing to keep in mind when blessing someone is to bless unconditionally. We bless with no strings attached. We bless simply to bless. There was a time a while back where I had met someone for the very first time and I was excited about this person and so I thought, I'm gonna get this person a gift and I went through the trouble to gather all the things that I was going to put into the gift that I was gonna mail them and I went and I even bought a mailer and paid for the postage to have this gift mailed to them and then the response that I received was tepid at best and cold at worst and I was like, what's going on here? Like. That's the response of this gift? I went through all this trouble and all this time to put this gift together for you and your response is just kind of meh to cold? What's going on here? And then the Holy Spirit told me as I was starting to feel down about the response, the Holy Spirit told me, Bill, it's not about the response. It's about you blessing them, period, end. It's about you simply blessing them without expecting anything in return. We bless unconditionally. We bless unconditionally because we bless out of the massive storehouse of blessing that has been shown to us in Jesus. We bless unconditionally because we bless out of the fullness, out of the abundance, out of the grace that Jesus has shown to us. John 1.16 says, For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. We bless out of the grace that was shown to us, out of the grace upon grace that was shown to us in Christ Jesus. Paul tells the Thessalonians, you have a hope that stands apart from this world. You have a hope in life eternal with Jesus. And we act out this hope when we encourage one another, building each other up. We bless because Jesus has blessed us. We bless 
because Jesus gave himself for us. Ephesians 2, 7 points to this hope when Paul says, so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. We bless out of those immeasurable riches of grace and kindness that Jesus has shown to us. As you process this message as a house church, I'm gonna give three questions to you and I want you to give everyone a chance in your house church to speak to these three questions. You're gonna make a plan to bless someone this week and these three questions are going to help you with this plan. Make sure everyone has a chance. Number one, who is the Holy Spirit prompting you to bless? Who is the Holy Spirit laying on your heart? Who are you in a position to bless? Maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's someone you see in your daily life, someone that you routinely come in contact with. Who is the Holy Spirit leading you to bless? Secondly, what is your plan to bless that person? Are you going to get them a gift? Are you going to write them a card or speak words of affirmation to them? Or maybe you're going to perform an act of kindness for this person. What are you gonna do? And then lastly, why are you blessing them in this way? This comes back to learning the recipient. Maybe you know that your neighbor just lost their dad and you're like, I'm gonna make a meal for them because they're probably stressed with all the funeral preparations. Or maybe you know your neighbor's out of town so you're gonna mow their lawn because it's growing and they haven't been able to get to it. Why are you going to bless this person in this way? You're gonna make a plan to bless someone this week in your house church. You're gonna take time to talk about it. And then guess what? At the end of this coming week, when you meet again as a house church, you're gonna discuss that plan and your house church leaders are gonna ask you, hey, how's that going? How'd it go? And you're gonna talk more about it. Love you, Grace 242. Holy Spirit be upon you as you bless others. See you next time.